0: religion loves jesus the teacher is even okay with jesus the prophet religion is not okay with jesus the breaker of bondage the transformer of hearts the savior of nations because the real jesus is the anointed one he doesn't just have good teachings he is the the breaker of bondage he will transform you you got to go after knowing him more he's worth it he's worth he's worth your time He's worth your life. And there's there's nothing, this this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? we could we could change the world that's not just a fun phrase if you'll give your life to this thing to the real thing if you'll find the real jesus the one who burns with eyes of fire if you'll get a real hunger in your belly there is nothing that can stop you it costs much but it's worth the cost it costs
1: everything We're going to talk about miracles and misses that changed my life. And uh, some miracles, obviously, being the ones that worked and misses being the ones that didn't. Um, And we were going to talk about what we can learn from them. And so, you know, the car accident is one of those things like his love is always on time. I like that really taught me that. Um, But I'm going to throw a lot of stories at you. And, um, you know, if it stirs questions, make sure you write them down. So, the same week as the, the car accident, um, <laughs> we, there's a movie, a documentary called Furious Love. Has anybody seen that? Okay. One person, two? Um, it's, uh, it's really good. It's a documentary about God moving in the darkest places, um, some of the darkest places in the world. And uh, so we gathered at the Ohio State Prayer House, which doesn't exist anymore, but I did at that point. And we were, I just want to show some people that. And it was late and I ended up getting a migraine. And like, so I just fell asleep. And I woke up in the credits of the movie, everyone else was asleep, but I woke up to this guy named Sid Roth. Like if you watch past the credits, like somewhere in the credits at some point, he gets on and starts giving words of knowledge. And he goes, there's somebody watching right now and you have a migraine and you're gonna feel the presence of God come over you and it's gonna lift. And all of a sudden I'm tingling rested on my head, and the migraine completely left. And one, that was crazy, because you think about that, who knows when that was reported? And this actually speaks to the power of media. Um, I also, there's another time I won't tell this story, there's a woman named Amy Simple McPherson, who was in the, the, uh, she's a female apostle, one of the most amazing apostles of modern era. Uh, But she was, uh, had a church in LA, worked with Hollywood and stuff, Kind of behind the scenes, because it wasn't popular at that point. This is Depression era. Her church was able to do more for the for the people of Los Angeles during the Great Depression than the city of Los Angeles could, than the government could. Mm-hmm. Amazing woman. You guys should look her up. Um, I listened to a radio recording of her talking about healing and got healed. Wow. From from the 30s. So like, it's just incredible. Like, God's outside of time. He can do what he wants. Anyway, so I get healed of this migraine, and everyone's still asleep, and then God says to me, get out and go on the street and pray for the man there. And I'm thinking like, Ohio State, at that point, I believe was the largest campus. We had 60,000 something students and all this stuff. i like, there's always people on the street, even at two in the morning, you know, and it was, it was like 1.30 or two in the morning. I go out there, no one, ghost town. I've never seen it like that. And I'm like, I know I heard God. Like he, he woke me up, healed me, said go out on the street, I'm looking, there's no one. I go walking down the alley, and I get out to the main street, no one. I'm like this is the weirdest thing, there's no one here. And I go walking down the street and I see way off in the distance, I see a man walking and he's carrying his shoes. And I'm like, well, that's a good sign. Like that's pretty obvious. He's probably the one I need to pray for. Uh, something's going on. So I, I get up to this man and I say, hey, I'm like, why are you carrying your shoes? And he uh, he was Somalian, came as a refugee. Um, the, uh, Columbus was, Minneapolis and then Columbus were the number one and two places for Somalians in the US when they came as refugees. So we had we had a ton of refugees. Um, and he's like, "I my I broke my leg 10 months ago and his leg was like this, it was a 90 degree angle. Um, and he's like, it hurts to walk with shoes. So it's easier to walk barefoot than walk with shoes. He's like, I never got medical care, so just healed this way. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, can, we, can we pray for you? Is I grabbed one person who came from the prayer house with me, so it's me and that person. And uh, I was like, uh, I prayed and nothing seemingly happened, but I was like, one of the things I've learned is, um, sometimes you have to get their eyes off of what you're even doing Mm -hmm. and and just like almost distract them and just interact with them as a human being. Uh, And we'll talk about how to pray for somebody here in a bit, but the the goal is for them to encounter love more than it is for them to get healed. Like we want them to get healed. Like that's obviously something we want. But if you, there's a lot of people who go after healing and leave the person just not feeling loved and just kind of like, what just happened? Like this is weird. Why'd you, you know? So, I want to go above and beyond and show them the love of Christ, find out their name, find out their story, that sort of thing. I know you don't always have a lot of time, but you can figure out how to do that and interact. And also, it's not my personality. You guys might be like, well, that's your personality, go up to people and all that. Not my personality at all. I would, like, Peter can attest to this, I could stay locked in my room for a week and not see people and be very happy. Um, I don't like talking to people. Uh, I don't like going up to people. But God has consistently done things outside and empowered me to do things outside of my personality. Um, so that's not your personality. It's not a restrictor. Um, it's something that in your weakness, he can make strong. So I put my arm around. I'm like, hey, let's just walk together. And as we walked, and I just asked him some questions, I just prayed. And I was just releasing healing, knowing um, before Jesus, lepers would touch you and you would get sick. But once Jesus came and what he demonstrated to us is that lepers touched Jesus and they got healed. And, and so that's my, that's my philosophy. It's like I want to walk in a way. I'm not, I'm not scared of their sickness. Their sickness is scared of me because of who I'm with, because of who, I'm, who I know. And so anyways, I just got my hand on I'm not doing anything weird, not like screaming in tongues or anything. And as I walk, I'm watching. I actually physically got to watch this one. I watch his foot turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and come into place and he doesn't even notice he's just talking to me and so I say look at your feet and he's just with tears in his eyes um,
0: he was so thankful
1: and uh, a thankfulness you don't see in most Americans but this beautiful Somalian man had this thankfulness and he's like moving and he has no pain and we go and sit down and he starts putting. I was like what are you doing he's like I'm going to put my shoes on and uh, and I was like, do you know? I, I was like, are you are you Muslim? Or he said something like, he's like thank
0: he said thank you God. And uh, I was
1: like, are you? I, I was like, are you Muslim? And he's like, I pray I pray five times a day, to God. And I was like, but but are you Muslim? He's like, not anymore. He's like, I'm gonna pray to Jesus now. Like I didn't I didn't even have to proclaim the gospel to him. The gospel was proclaimed to him. Yeah. And. Just so beautiful, and then watching him walk off, you know, just healed. Uh, once again, that was one of those stories I'm like, love, right on time. I, God cared so much about this man who had came as a refugee. No one had helped. Didn't have medical care. All this, that he's like, he gets somebody crazy enough to actually listen to go out at two in the morning and look for him, and find him on the street because all because the father was looking at this man going, I want that healed, and I want him to know me. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Here's another story for you. I'm gonna try to hurry. I took a long time on that one. Uh, this is a McDonald's story. This is one of the ones that as I was being discipled, I'm, I was talking to some of you guys about Jasmine Tate. She really discipled me. Um, and she was one of the first people in my life that I really saw just do this stuff and wherever she went. She just always just was kind of listening to God. And it wasn't that she was weird. It wasn't that you couldn't go out, to, go out in public with her because I know some people get like that. Um, and some people, it's just who they are. Some people, it's they don't, they haven't learned how to reign in their gifting. Uh, like Todd, Todd White is one of those people. It's just who he is. Like if you guys know Todd White, um, but he's you go to a restaurant, he's going to turn the, rep, the restaurant upside down. Um, that's but it's important not to be led by your gifting either. You you lead your gifting. Don't don't let your gifting lead you. Um, anyways, but I saw her just do it so naturally, and I I think like I think to. There's so many stories with, with both Jesus and then the apostles, but I'll use the apostles. So there's that story where Peter, and I think it's Peter and John, are, are walking at, you know the gate beautiful. And I don't know that, I don't know that the Holy Spirit was like, go to the gate beautiful and heal this man today. I think they were, as they are going, the man asked them for money, and then they go, oh, I see what the Father's doing. He wants to heal this man. And so I just, I've just i learned that to, to walk that way in my own life, um, different seasons I've done better than others, uh, but I really learned that from Jasmine and watching her. So as we go into this, we were actually supposed to drive from Columbus to Cleveland, which is about two hours, two and a half hours, depending on which part. And um, it's late at night and one of the girls, uh, it was that time of month and she's like, I need french fries now. And so we're like, okay. Uh, so we stopped to get french fries. We stopped to get French fries. The drive-through was closed, and uh, which I've never seen McDonald's drive-through closed, but it was closed. So we had to go inside, um, and we're all kind of like, "We need to get to Cleveland. Like, what are we doing?" And we go inside, and there it's filled with teenagers. Like it was a weird. It was like this is like eleven thirty at night on like a Friday night or something, and it's like all these teenagers at McDonald's, and we're like, "What are they doing here?" And it was all these like cute, like, 14 or 15 year old uh, girls and, uh, and then a few few guys and then this, like, big group of guys, that I think it was the basketball team of the local school, all, all came in. We're like, what is happening? Well, before, before they even came in, um, Jasmine just goes up to these girls and have you heard the term reading their mail? Mm-hmm. You guys know what that means? Mm-hmm. It means, basically, they know somebody prophesying over you and they just know everything about you. Mm-hmm. So she, she starts, she goes to one of these girls, and she's like, hey, uh, and starts telling her about herself. Um, and this girl just starts crying and stuff. Well, what we found out is these guys were coming to pick up these girls to take them back to one of their basements and hang out with them. And however that was going to turn out, um, you can probably imagine. And now they walk in, and instead of these girls being ready to go with them, they're all weeping. Because she goes one by one, and like we start praying for these girls, and we're like ministering to them and stuff. And... Everyone's hugging and all this, and these guys come in they're like, what the is going on? Um, and really long story short, uh, Jasmine, didn't, she was like, these guys here, this is a distraction. Um, but she's like, I'm gonna cut it off and, like, and change where this is headed. And it was such the wisdom of God. And basically, she really quickly went up to one of them and interacted with them. And once again, really long story short, she basically asked him if any of them needed healing. Um, and the first guy, I think it wasn't even healing. It was, um, he couldn't touch his toes. That's what it was. He couldn't touch, he couldn't touch his toes. And so he, that was what he, she's like, do any of you guys need healing? And he's like, I can't touch my toes. He's like, does that work? And she's like, yeah. So she, she's like, show us how far. And he was like, like this. And uh, she's like, watch this. And she put a hand on his back and she, she said, in Jesus' name, uh, be healed. And she, he's like, try it. She said, try it. He's like, try it. And she's like, see how far you can go now. He palms the floor. Wow. My, my <laughs> kid, he literally bends down, palms the floor. His eyes get huge. He runs out of McDonald's screaming. He goes,
0: Illuminati, Illuminati. <laughs> um,
1: and so... Yes. Um, that was the beginning of I believe, i have to have a blog that I wrote at that point that I went and found and I didn't read it, but I believe it was eight healings total at this McDonald's and we only prayed for the first person. After that she got that guy back in there, somebody else came up and was like, well what about this and what about this, what about this, and each time she had the person that got healed pray for them.
0: And so I want, I
1: want you guys to, to get this. You can move in healing and not know Jesus. And so, it's really important you know Jesus, but it's also really important you understand it's not as big of a deal to move in healing as you think it is. You have to overcome that in your mind. He started using unbelievers, and they prayed for each other. And down to the last guy came in, he had just, because he had a game that night, he had, uh, looked like he broke his finger. It was like probably twice the size in blue. And I believe it was his middle finger, but I won't demonstrate that. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so he he came up and he's like, "Well, what about this?" And it was like this, like kind of arrogant, like, "Oh yeah, their backs and stuff are getting healed, but what about this?" You know? And she's like, "No." And she's so smooth and able to be calm more than I was. I was just like, "Oh, what about that? What are we going to do?" And so she had one of the guys put his uh put his hand around it like this. So the guy has his finger around and the other guy's like this. And she said, say it in Jesus' name be healed. And the guy went, in Jesus' name be healed, and took it out. And he takes it out, and it's the same. But he's like, I can move it. He's like, but it's still swollen. And then I was like, kind of like, well, see, it didn't work. And she's like,
0: it's not done. Put it back in. And then he does it again. He said, in Jesus'
1: name be healed. And he took it out. And his finger was completely normal. And uh, it's not, I will say this, though. It's a demonstration of God's love, but healing is an invitation, and you can accept it or or reject it. Mm -hmm. And uh, of those, those girls came back to meet us the next day. We didn't go to England, and we came back the next day and led them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Shared the gospel with them, met them at the same McDonald's. She shared the gospel with like a a straw wrapper and chicken nugget and all this stuff. Like, demonstrated (laughs) that. It was so funny. (laughs) Um, And those guys, you know, who knows where they're at now? Hopefully, I was a seed. Um, but that was an amazing story it's really fun um, and I also I just love that I love the piece of him working through unbelievers because uh, it's so familiar to the gospel right Like you got these disciples who barely believe Jesus is who he says he is they're more intrigued than anything um, and yet he gives them authority to go heal the sick and they, they're like it's working okay so here's a miss uh had seen lots of healings. I go to our student union at Ohio State in the prime time. Tons of people there. Girl with the leg brace. It's like, okay, that's an obvious one. Go to pray for her. And a crowd forms. And I'm thinking, like, in this almost, like, pride, like, oh, this is about to be amazing. Like, all these people are going to see God. And I prayed for this girl over and over again. And oh, it, was, it was twice. Two times I prayed for her. And she's like, yeah, it's... Nothing, nothing's changed. I was like, can I pray for you one more time? And with so much sincerity, and then she went, please don't, in front of everyone. And I just was like crushed. My heart was crushed. I was just like so embarrassed because it was in front of, like literally, I'm not, when I say everyone, I mean like 30 people are watching this. <laughs> gathered around. Um, I got out of there pretty quick. And uh, I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and asking me, um, are you willing to look stupid for me? And I had to really figure out, like, and we have to ask ourselves this question, whose whose glory are we in this for? And most people don't pray for the sick out of fear that it won't happen. And by not praying for the sick because you're in fear, you're actually getting the very thing they fear, that people aren't getting healed. (laughs) And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? If you will actually go pray for people, you have stories like this too. I've prayed for a lot of people that haven't gotten healed. I've prayed for a lot of people where it's embarrassing. Um, But you have to be willing. It's like, do we care enough about people experiencing him, meeting God? And do we care much about the worthiness of Jesus to do this and look stupid? Somebody laughing at you, not believing you, rejecting your prayer, whatever. It's not persecution. We haven't even begun to... I could talk about persecution. I won't do that. Um, here's another one. Miracle. In, uh, uh, this is a man in a wheelchair in a mall. So this one's a miracle. Um, this is once again, this is right after I got on fire for God. I led my friend who we were heathens for, uh, before and, and friends. And now I led him to Jesus and we went to his hometown and saw all these miracles, but we just went all over town and we ended up at a mall and, uh, this is funny. If you, I wish you guys knew my friend. He's, a, he's a, a short, stocky, big, light-skinned black guy with tattoos and looks scary, but he's super goofy and loud. And, uh, and then there was me. I was much skinnier than I am now, just like a skinny white kid, hanging out with him in the hood. Um, so many cool stories from that. But this one in particular, we go to the mall, because that's always a good place to find people just around. And there's a guy in a wheelchair being pushed by a woman who was his mom and we start come up to him and this is this is a good point to talk about is it okay to like when is it okay when is it appropriate to pray for people and I think I think we get a little it would be really easy to make a rule but that would turn into religion Um, you need to you need to work with Holy Spirit Um, once again you're not led by your gifting you're led by the Spirit you know Romans 8 uh, 8 14 like the sons of God are led by the Spirit Um, Jesus was sometimes led by compassion. Sometimes he was led by location and sometimes other ways. Sometimes the Father would say, you know, go. Like, the woman at the well, maybe Jesus went directly there knowing he was going to meet her, but maybe God just said, hey, go out of your way to go to this well. And then he gets there and this woman's there and he's like, this is what the Father's doing. Um, And so sometimes you're going to feel something well up inside you. Sometimes you're not going to feel anything. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to highlight something, uh, someone to you or that sort of thing. Um, but just whatever you do, if you're going up, just be polite, introduce yourself, ask their name, like just be human. Don't, you don't have to make it weird, uh, or anything like that. Share that you believe Jesus heals and offer prayer to them. You're not forcing prayer. I know people can be very aggressive in that, but Hey, I believe Jesus heals. Would you mind if I pray for you real quick? Um, and then I like to share a testimony, you know, like, even if it isn't something you've seen, if you've heard a test, take one of my testimonies, You know, like or something you've heard in the, in the church, and just be like, yeah, I had this, this friend, they, they got prayer, and their back was healed, or whatever. Whatever it might be. Um, and just share it. See what it does. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what it says in Revelation. That means when you share what Jesus has done, it actually prophesies to what he will do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then pray for them. And we'll talk about praying for people in a bit. Um, if they get healed... Point them to Jesus. If they don't get healed, point them to Jesus. It, it's that simple. I, I would say this, Not I don't know the exact number, but unfortunately for me, uh, close to 70%, probably 75% of the people I pray for don't get healed in the moment, they get healed later. Yeah. And then I have people come back like a year later and be like, yeah, I got healed of cancer. I was like, I really could have used that encouragement like a year ago. Um, <laughs> they're like the, uh, You know, the 10 and only one comes back. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so don't get caught up in what happens in the moment. Um, Pray for them, you know, and then just uh, pray more than once. Jesus prayed more than once for the the blind guy. He's like, I'm blind. Jesus prays for him. And he's honest. This is another thing. Like a lot of times in charismatic Pentecostal circles, we're not honest. We're like, yep, I'm healed. I've called people out on that before. I'm like, are you actually healed? Or not. Because if that, the, the man who saw people as trees. Would have said. Yep I'm healed. By faith I'm healed. Yeah, he would have seen people as trees the rest of his days. Mm-hmm. But he was honest. It's, it's not, God's not against. It's not anti-faith to be honest with where you're at. Um, and so he was honest. I see people as trees. And then Jesus he prays again. So I've heard this said a million times. You probably have two. If Jesus got two times. You've got at least 40 plus. Um, so pray more than once. Um, and just ask, hey, can we pray, can we pray one more time? Um, but point them to Jesus either way. Love them really well. Ask if there's anybody in their family you can pray for. You know, just like love them. Let this be an experience where they walk away and they're like, even if they don't agree with you, that they're like, wow, they really believed what they were saying. And they really like they cared. Um, I tell, I'm telling you, in Seattle, specifically, we came from the Midwest, and so it's very different, different culture and everything. In Seattle, if you just look people in the eyes and actually care, it goes a long way. A long way. Um, so anyways, um, if in day-to-day life, if you feel drawn to pray for somebody, do it. Obviously, like, still honor where you're at if you're at a restaurant or your workplace. Like... You're paid a certain job to do a certain job. Do your job and be the best at your job um, if you're going to do this stuff. But I've seen so many people healed at work, in different environments. I've got to pray for people and stuff. Um, but it's... You've got to be doing your job well. Or if you're in a restaurant, you respect and honor the restaurant at the same time. Um, yeah. Anyways. Do that with Holy So... Go up to him, ask what's going on. I was like, hey, we've, we've seen a lot of people healed. Can we pray for you? And she explains that he was seven years old, a van backed over him. So any parents in here? You guys, any of you guys have kids yet? No, you guys are all young. Um, I, I, now that, now that uh, I have kids, I can't imagine having your kids, be your kids for seven years, and then you lose your child to that. Like, and obviously he didn't die. But her child went from life running around, interacting, talking, and hadn't talked, walked, or anything since seven years old. Now he's in his late twenties. Um, that should do something to you, like right That's wrong. That's not okay. And, uh, anyways, so uh, ask if we could pray. They say yes, and so she says like he needs he needs a need. Both knees need replaced, he needs a shoulder replacement, he hasn't talked, he hasn't walked, all this stuff. So she names all these things. So I'm like, okay, let's start with the knee. And this is one of the only times, there's been a couple times, but one of the few times I've actually felt the miracle happen. Mm-hmm. I put my hand on one of his knees and I felt the bones begin to shift under the skin, which freaky, I actually went like yeah. that. I'm like, i like, it's freaky, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, anyways, so we do that, prayed for both knees, prayed for his shoulder and he's like moving his shoulder and, um, and then I was like, I was like, can, can we get you up? And they said, yes. Like they were very willing, especially at that point because he had already not healed of something. Mm-hmm. So sometimes like in those cases, it's better to go for something a little bit smaller just to let them, let their faith build a little bit. And, and not even necessarily their faith in God, but their faith in who you are. Mm-hmm. And like them being a little bit more open to you. And so we were like building up that trust. We get him out and we start, when we started, his legs were spread like, like pretty far. Um, it's just naturally, for some whatever reason, we picked him up. So me and my friend, we're we're like carrying him and praying for him. And as we pray, his legs start coming together and closer and closer. And then he's kind of dragging, and he starts stepping. Mm-hmm. And we get about 20-30 feet away in the middle of this mall. And uh, and I say, I was like, turn around and look at your mom. And when they make the eye contact, she busts into tears. She hasn't seen her baby walk. He's in his late 20s. She hasn't seen him walk since he was seven. And she busts into tears. And um, I'll never forget, there was these like two or three teenage boys, probably like 13, 13, 14, watching.
0: And my friend looks over at him and goes, Jesus be healing people up in here. <laughs> and their eyes got wide and they ran off. Um,
1: anyways, we, we walk him back and set him in the wheelchair. And, uh, and just said, like, because a lot of times what I've found is people get healed, but then they have to build up strength. Mm-hmm. And, like, God will almost, like, remove the thing keeping them, their body, from doing what it's called to do anyways. Mm-hmm. And so once you remove that, their body will heal. Um, and so some people, it takes days. So that's, once again, most people get discouraged by the first time they pray, and it doesn't immediately happen, and they lose all faith. You have to keep faith at that point. You have to stay stay steady and know no, God's going to come through in this. Um, because, like I said, people over days will come, things will get better. I didn't mention this with the car accident, the, the guy with the bone. By the time he got to the hospital, he didn't have a broken bone. He had mm-hmm. scars and bruises. Um, we didn't see it go in as soon as we prayed. We prayed for him and it didn't just pop into place. Um,
0: and so anyways, we get
1: back and... Uh, him to you know, start, start strengthening, we're like, Hey, can we pray for you? to Talk, I put my hand here, we start saying to say Jesus, and at first it's and then he starts saying Jesus, Jesus, and it starts coming out more and more. And we just said, You know, keep practicing that. But he was speaking for the first time since he was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once again, I'm willing to the idea of appropriate is cultural, not biblical. Um, so you have to you have to like weigh within the culture that you're in, along with what is God what God's saying was the call of God. Um, and in what it says in Acts, it seemed right to Holy Spirit and to us. I kind of like operate in that. Do I feel do I feel some peace on this? And not peace as in I'm not scared, but do I feel that deeper peace? Even though I'm nervous, even though my heart's beating, even though I'm like, God, I really don't want to go pray for this person, I don't want to have to talk to a human being. Um, and then go for it. Uh, man, I'm running low on time. Uh, another story. This is. I just want to emphasize this one. I was at a, a thing. Um, really, I won't get into all the details. Girl with a glass eye. I knew this girl personally. She had a glass eye, didn't have an eyeball. Um, and we prayed for her, and she started having pressure as we prayed. And all these other people were getting healed. This was at a coffee shop. All these other people were getting healed. And she starts having pressure, and she's like, there's something happening in my eye. And so they, she, uh, she takes the glass eye out because it was hurting to have it there. And um, she looked, they held up a mirror, and she's like, there was a white ball forming, a little tiny forming inside the eye socket. And she's like, oh my gosh, there's a ball forming. Um, and we prayed and prayed, and an eyeball never formed. And that story got told by one of the people who is there, um, who is a, um, not I a, I don't know, you guys probably don't know, but he's speaking all over the world now or all over the place. Um, and it got shared, even this was years ago and it never happened. And it never, what I told you happened, but she never got an eyeball. But it was shared as if her glass eye popped out and an eyeball formed and this, it actually, it came up in social media, like, eight months ago. All of a sudden, I saw people start sharing this story from years ago. And I was there, like, and I knew it didn't happen. And they were sharing it as, like, look at this amazing thing. God did this amazing healing. This, this person, it was one of those things that bolstered their ministry. And people were like, oh, my gosh, they're seeing crazy miracles. Let's have them in. Um, and it didn't happen. And so I just want to say this to you. Like, don't embellish and don't exaggerate. God doesn't need you to make it sound any better. What he did is enough. Um, he, he, can, he can promote himself in that way. Um, and so it's just, because you think about her name, her name, I'll use her name. I'll uh, well, actually I use it in the note. Her name's Shannon. Uh, I don't know if she's seen that on social media, but can you imagine being the one who got prayer and you were excited and then it didn't happen and now people are going around saying it did and using your testimony um it's a dangerous place to be in so I encourage you don't do that don't embellish tell it how it is and if the best you can get get the person's recollection of what happened what did you experience what 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 how were you and what is it now get their testimony and then share that um i'm very protective of that i'm very protective of how we share testimonies And, you know, so I'm sharing some crazy stuff. I've got more on here that I'm not gonna get to share some outlandish stuff, Um, but uh, I'm not exaggerating. And I'm very purposely not exaggerating. Had another lady, a girl came up to me, her grandmother was, her, her her mom had passed, her parents had passed, and her grandmother was taking care of her. Her grandmother had Alzheimer's and wasn't, this was actually at a church meeting, and she's like, can you pray for her? And I was like, do you have something I can pray for? She brought her journal. I prayed for her journal. Because I'm like, Acts 19, Paul prayed for handkerchiefs. This is legal. Prayed over her journal. And she took it back, laid down her grandmother. Her grandmother uh, got released and like, completely cleared of Alzheimer's. And, uh, and then died a couple years later. But she was, old, she was older. Um, and it was really beautiful because that's not God's will for somebody to live their, old, their later years with Alzheimer's. Um, so she got to spend those final years in her right mind. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Another guy. Um, man, I'm... Okay, I'll skip that one. Um, this... uh, I don't know what you, have, what you have next. I don't want to interrupt, but I do know that Kimberley was asking if you healing and they have to leave in like 10 minutes. So I just wanted to put that You have to leave in 10 minutes? And I know that Sophia will have to leave at him. Okay. Um... Okay, I'll tell two more real quick. So, well, I'll tell a couple real quick. Give me a few minutes and then we'll, we'll Um And actually, I can, have, I can have them pray for you if you need to leave. We can yeah, do that. We're just going to leave for an object. So. So okay. We're parents in progress. So okay. To in. <laughs> okay, here, I'll tell you a story. Um, this, this changed the way we view barrenness. And I'm not saying that's what you're dealing with,
0: no. um,
1: but uh, we live next door to these Chick-fil-A managers that were also Baptist ministers, because I think that's required to be a Chick-fil-A manager. Um, anyways, long story short, they, for years, have been trying to get pregnant and uh, in vitro, multiple rounds, all that kind of stuff. And they were in the process of adopting. We had dinner with them, and they are like,
0: yeah, if it's God's will, we'll have kids
1: one day, but it doesn't seem to be his will. And, like, that statement always gets me. And, like, if there's one way to really uh, rile me up, it's that. And so we're like, it is God's will. If it's God doesn't give the desire, children are such a blessing. Biblically, you, you can prove this throughout Scripture. They're such a blessing, they're, they're the blessing of the Lord, and they're a promise of, of the Lord. And uh, barrenness is not His will. And... Uh, Especially for believers. It's like you, you just don't have to, to live in that. And so it's worth contending for. It's worth making that vow. And so we're like, if God gave you the desire for kids, he's not trying to tease you. And so we're like, let's pray. So we pray. They get pregnant like pretty soon after. They're all excited tell us. And um, their baby is born and dies within like a few hours. Yeah. And uh, just so tough. Because we're like, this is a victory. And like, these Baptists are being awakened to like the goodness of God. And, uh, but such the enemy just did not want these, this couple to have kids. And then they ended up getting the child that they were in the process of adopting anyways. It took a while, but they, they got this beautiful little boy. And since then they've had two other kids. So they went from barrenness to having, having three natural children and adopting one, obviously they lost one, which is not God. Um, but since then we've prayed for so many people with any kind of infertility thing or anything like that, especially my wife. She's 100%, I think, at this point. Every single person that's... No matter... Like, another couple, we know, seven years without kids. the Same thing. We're not sure, you know, if it's God's will we'll get pregnant. And I was like, it's God's will. They got pregnant two days later, and they're on the second. Uh, they had Irish twins. Um, so, uh, this one really impacted me. This is a miss I want to share real quick. A girl named Amaya, five-year-old, was with the family... Um, uh, about three months praying consistently, praying for them. She passes away and, uh, of cancer. And that'll do something to you. And those moments, I, I want to share this one because those moments are key. What do you do in those moments where disappointment happens, where you gave everything you had, you did everything you knew to do? Do you move into self-protection and I don't want to get hurt again? I don't, you know, all that. I don't want to go through the pain of this. Or do you go back to the Father and worship? And ask him to make you a more pure vessel. And so I've let those, those things, those types of situations move me. I've got um, just recently my wife's cousin in Mexico. Um, my family had been praying for him. He had terminal cancer. I believe it was stomach cancer. Um, and got completely healed. Completely, like miraculously healed. And we were just praying over, we had wrote his name down on a card and kept praying as a family over this card. Um, so God's power isn't restricted by distance either. Um, oh man 16 year old girl this is a cool story this is one of the weirder ones um, at a youth event I was speaking at well, only, one of the only times I've seen 100% healing every kid who came up got healed she was the last one and uh, she gets healed her foot was uh, some kind of fracture in her foot She's jump up and down with it and then she's like can you pray for something else I'm like what she's like um, she's like, I'm having, I've been having pain in my stomach. I was like, well, do you know what, any idea what it is? And she said, well, when I was a baby, they did surgery through my, my, belly button and now I don't have a belly button and I'm having pain where that is. And I was like, wait, you don't have a belly button. What do you mean by that? And she pulls up her shirt. So I'm like at the front, me and my wife and this 15 year old girl's a shirt up. I'm like, okay, but I, I saw it. Like she, her skin had, had closed off. So there's like a little dip, but there was there wasn't a belly button there. And she was having pain, so she was scared. There was a lot of fear, and like I'm gonna have to go back. My wife and I pray, and we didn't know till after when we talked, but both of us chicken out. Both of us heard God say, Command a belly button to grow, and we didn't do it. And we get done, and the girl starts feeling she's like, I was like, What? And she's like, Oh, never mind. She's like, Well, the pain's gone. And I was like, What wait, what what happened? And she's like, I thought a belly button was forming. And I, I looked at her and all of a sudden I was like I was a punch in the gut. I was like, oh, man. I was like, do you want God to give you a belly button? She's like, yeah, I do. And it's just, like, overwhelmed me because I was like, oh, God's love for this 15-year-old girl. Like, you don't need a belly button. It's decoration at this point. (laughs) Um, But, you know, thinking about how self-conscious a 15-year-old girl would be not having a belly button. And, like, the fact that God cared. The father cared about that. And I think sometimes we look at what we're going through and we're like, it's so small. Like, whatever. I'll just live with it. But he cared. And I was like, let's pray for that. And we prayed for it. And uh, a belly button formed. It was one of the freakiest miracles. <laughs> the, the rest of the day. And she's like, pull up her shirt. And, like, and I saw it myself. My wife saw it. And the rest of it just, I'd be driving because we had a long drive. And I was just like, she got a belly button. <laughs> I just kept saying that the rest of the time. Um... Yes. Okay, um, let's pray for her real quick, and then I'll, I'll uh, but I want to say this, my daughter, uh, he said I need to share this one, so I will share this one real quick, and if you guys want more stories afterwards, we can go sit somewhere or whatever, I don't care. Um, my daughter was, my first daughter, Sophia, uh, born, this is on, on video, so you can find it on YouTube, um, as she was being born, I heard a, I heard a voice say to me, your, bo- your daughter's going to be born dead." and uh, demonic voice and fear and all the stuff you know all the stuff that comes and I believe because parents are in authority with the children I believe uh, the enemy was looking for um, me to partner with that because where you give partnership you give authority because he has no authority he has power he has no authority I could have given him authority over my daughter in that moment and so I start praying in the spirit and stuff They, they take her out and she's like lifeless and it's in video I just watched it the other day and just cried um, that's one of the hardest moments of my life, and uh, I just held on to her little foot. They're doing mouth to mouth on her. They had to bring her back. Her, her, I don't know how to describe it other than her spirit was not in her body. She, her, her body was still physically barely alive, but her spirit wasn't there. And which actually, one of them we had midwives, so this wasn't even a hospital. This was like in a, at our home in a tub. Um, and one of the midwives even said wasn't a believer, but she's like, yeah, sometimes there's spirits aren't here, and we have to like get them back in. She like totally confirmed exactly what I was sensing. Um, but God saved my daughter! And the, the enemy will come with fear and look for your partnership. And this this is so common, so don't give into it. Um, same thing happened with my son. He started uh, he started losing a pound uh, a pound a pound a week a week a month remember at this point he was losing a lot of weight he got he got so this is like he was less than one year old and he was like his skin would hang like a older person and we got blood work done and every single thing on the list that they said it it could be was terminal every single thing Um, and uh, we kept contending didn't feel anything didn't weren't experiencing anything and then he started to get uh, out of nowhere he started gaining weight started eating again started you know so you can't go off of it didn't happen in this moment. There's something to just like ask, seek, knock. It's that repetitive. I'm gonna keep asking God. We're here. We believe in what you said. Um, we're more than overcomers. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some final tips and encouragement, real quick. Um, one, you can do this. You can do this. It's uh, don't allow fear to steal something from you. This is an adventure with God. It's the greatest life you could ever lead. Um, you're going to go through pain and suffering in life anyways. Why not do it winning for the kingdom? Uh, don't stop contending for personal healing. I We could talk a lot about this. If you're going through something and want to go talk about this, I'd, I would love to have this conversation with you. It's, it's key. Um, don't stop contending for it. Speak over your body. Take authority over your body. Command sickness to bow. Speak. Um, Take communion. I've been healed multiple times in communion. We've had uh, we had a lady get healed of in my living room taking communion. With, she had cancerous nodules. Took communion. No one prayed for her. Um, communion's powerful. Um, go to the elders of your church. Do the things. Keep having people pray for you. Uh, I've have I had have a, a story I was going to share about that, but don't stop. Uh, three restoration sometimes requires something of us. You know, uh, go tip in the Jordan. March around. Gather jars, like we see this throughout Scripture. Sometimes, and it's not because we're earning it; it's it's helping us. The Lord is helping us step into what He's wanting to do. Um, so, if He speaks something to you, do it. Um, go after it. Like when He told me one time when I was sick, He said, "Take communion," and that's how I got healed. I was doing all the other stuff, and He said, "Take communion," and I get healed. Uh, for healing is a journey. Um, Randy Clark calls calls it uh, says you'll experience victories and the agony of defeat. Um, and it does feel like agony those times that you there's the person that you wanted to get healed more than anything and then they don't it's agony. Um, but in those moments we get to relate to the sufferings of Jesus and, and his heart in a way we never could before. So keep worshiping don't give up keep going after more um, contend for greater miracles. And the, the last thing is it's about relationship I've said this over and over again, his primary motivator is relationship. Um, you can see lots of healing without it. And I don't suggest that. Um, so make sure you stay in alignment with him, stay in relationship with him and worry less about what you should pray. I noticed I didn't get into like, here's exactly how to pray. Worry less about how you should pray, getting the right words and all that. Like sometimes we're trying to find that formula in the moment, like I gotta pray just the right thing. Um, just stand in his will and focus more on the one you're with than exactly what to say so can you guys stand real quick I'm going to pray um, if you still want this if you still want a healing ministry and want to walk in this stuff I want to pray a quick ex- exhortation over you and then uh, we can pray for people this will, this will be quick but however you receive if you want to put your hands out or close your eyes whatever yeah Holy Ghost right now I thank you for these ones. I ask that you mark them, that you rest upon them. Yeah. Even just let them, I don't normally pray like this, but even just let them begin to sense your presence, even like a a wind blowing across their hands. Uh, I, I just keep getting that sense. Like, mark them. Let them know this is for them. And I just, whatever we carry for healing, God, I know we're nothing special, but I know that we've learned to operate in the gift of healing. So I just ask for that to be released right now. I, just, I stand in, my, in the mantle that I carry in the calling, in the office, and I release that to you right now. Healing and miracles, but also just a boldness. Let a boldness be released in this room right now. The fire of the Holy Ghost be released in this room right now. Tenacity to not give up, to keep pursuing. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can sit. I just want to encourage you, don't, don't give up until you've prayed for at least 100 people. If you pray for 100 people, you will see healing, and you'll, you'll have enough testimonies that you'll make this a part of the rest of your life. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Fire Podcast with Ryan Rhodes. Fire Movement has
0: a mission to bring people face-to-face with the real Jesus. If you love this show and ministry, please consider subscribing, leaving a five-star rating, and most importantly, sharing the podcast with others on social media. Also, would you please consider one-time or monthly support to help us sustain and grow this show so that others can be stirred to hunger for more of the real Jesus?
1: You can do so by going to firemovement.com slash support, Venmo at firemovement, or cash app dollar sign fire movement
0: thank you